Welcome. This is Wellness on Your Terms, and I'm Lindsay Voles. All right. Hello. I'm here with Dr. Brett Baxter at Nichols Chiropractic, functional doctor, nutritionist. Um, you have a chiropractor for sure. Chiropractor for sure. Functional medicine. Functional doctor. medicine. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, and Brett and I don't know each other very well. We're in Holistic Healers, a little group here in Manhattan, Kansas, where we just talk about how annoying healthcare is, pretty much, <laughs> and how we want to better it and where should we where we need to start. So, um, but Brett, tell us a little bit about your um, wellness journey, kind of where it started and um, what drove you in this direction. Yeah. So I would say my wellness journey started when I was fairly young, um, late middle school to early high school when I was diagnosed with hypertension. Um, I really had no idea what that was or what I needed to do to fix it, but I, my, my primary physician just said, here, here's a, you know, a beta blocker, uh, it'll be difficult to exercise and some other things, and I thought, well, maybe there's a different way. Um, so that's kind of where my journey started. Um, I took a couple of different supplements and changed my diet, lost some weight, changed my exercise routine, and still to this day, no hypertension. Um, I would say from there, my, my mind is just really interested in puzzles. And I think the human body is one big puzzle. Um, and I think functional medicine brings a, a really unique service to the traditional med- medical model. So I wouldn't say I'm, I'm definitely not anti-medicine for sure. I, I'd like to bring functional medicine to work with traditional medicine. And together, I think we can heal patients better than we could separately. Yeah. So when you were diagnosed, um, what was your lifestyle before that? And how did your parents raise you? Yeah. Um, traditional Midwestern diet? Um, yeah. I, I would say pretty traditional. Um, I mean, meat and potatoes each night. We had a typically a vegetable. We ate lots of you know, breads and pastas and stuff. And my portion control was just terrible. Um, I ate way too much um, and way too much of the wrong things. And so that was a that was a, a difficult fix, but definitely a valuable fix for the long run. Yeah, well, and, you know, pre-pubescent hormones are going crazy, and sure. you have those bad habits. I'm sure that just keep going with those bad habits just right. because you're just hungry. Right. Um, wow, so how did you decide there must be something different than this medicine? Like, was there something that you saw? Yeah. So, well, so I think that I think my personality is a is a, well, I'm a challenger, and so when someone tells me something, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think deeply about it and see if that fits my morals. Um, if it doesn't, I'm gonna try to come up with a new way. And I just, I, there was just so many things in traditional medicine with myself and then family members that I thought, you know, I think that's an okay way to do it, but I, I think there's a better way. And so that's, that's been my, my journey. Um, when I went through college, I was really interested in animal studies, and so I studied field biology and then realized I liked human physiology a lot better. So um, human physiology comes, I would say, kind of easy to me. I find it really interesting. And so putting different systems together is, that's kind of in my wheelhouse. So I like to figure out the mysteries and and find different ways to to treat certain chronic conditions. That's awesome. It's also probably the most frustrating part of functional medicine too, though, huh? It's a blessing and a curse. (laughs) Everyone is their own puzzle. Yes, that's so a great are, way to look at it, though. Yeah, there are no uh, there are no protocols. Yeah, um, well, that's exciting. So, did you when you're in high school, you've got this new diet change? How did that work with your friends, with your um, 
Do you have siblings or? I a, yeah, I have a, I have a brother. Um, I mean, I would say that they were fairly supportive. And I would say it really took off when, when I got my college and I went out on my own. Um, most people gained freshman 15 when they went to college. I think I lost freshman 30. Wow. Um, so that was, a, that was probably the biggest change in my life and what set me up for this functional medicine path. What, um, did you play any sports in high school or college? So in high school, I, I played lots of sports. I, I mean, I was, I was always active, and that's what was kind of strange too, is I, I was always outside playing. I played baseball, I played football, I played golf. I mean, lots of different sports. In college, I actually played golf. And I got really big into weightlifting, and I still weightlift today. And I don't play very much golf, but a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's puzzling because people think they, they can just work out until they're healthy. Right. And that's a huge... It's wrong. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, and that's really hard when you're trying to teach somebody that's going through hormonal changes that you can't just run this off. Right. Um, it has to do with your hormones as well as your nutrients and sure. all of that stuff. Um, so then you went to Friendship University. Friendship University, yeah. Friends, okay. And then, um, so, got your bachelor's in? Yeah, I got my bachelor's in field biology, which is like uh, the study of animal science and nature. Um, okay. And then I got an emphasis in health science, which is our, which was Friends' pre-med program. My, okay. my plan was to go to DO school. Um, I started to fill out the paperwork for the DO study for the MCAT, and then just decided that my my I guess my morals just kind of lined up with chiropractic close more closely than medical school. Okay. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? So I think that traditional medicine places a heavy emphasis on drugs and surgery, and what they would say is preventative medicine. I think is is more first stage detection. And I kind of, I, I realized that at a younger age, just with some things that my family has went through with, you know, diabetes and heart disease and cancers and, uh, I mean, we've had all kinds of stuff in my family, strokes, high blood pressure. And I just thought, you know, there's got to be a better way to go about this chronic disease than the way that it's being done now. Not that that's the wrong way, I just think that there's a, there's a, there's a different way that it can be done. I had a similar experience when I was deciding whether I should just do nutrition and kinesiology versus dietetics, which I will not lie, my grades were not great enough for dietetics, yeah. but um, it was, yeah, just put a Band-Aid on and get them healed, Let's right. give them a Diet Pepsi and move on. Right. Um, and I struggle with that now, looking for more education and what their belief systems are. Like, right. who, how do you know going in? Um, but I definitely think that chiropractic is a more holistic view. Sure. Um, when you were in school and you're going through this chiropractic, um, did you have the option to emphasize in the nutrition or how does that work? Yeah, so the way that it worked for me was I always knew I wanted to do something with functional medicine. I just didn't know it existed until like my second or third year in my doctorate program. And so the, the chiropractic curriculum is all kind of... Uh, it's the same for everyone. You really don't emphasize anything. So what I did was I did a, a dual degree. So I got, got my four-year bachelor's degree, and then I started my two-year functional med diplomat um, towards the end of my chiropractic schooling. So I was able to finish that um, here within the last year or so. Cool. Were you surprised by any of it? Um, as far as? Like life-changing 
I'm so glad I went this route versus like yeah. I had no idea that this much could be changed uh -huh. using a different technique. Yeah. I would say I was definitely um, surprised by the scope. So I, 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 I would say entering and exiting school, um, I thought that I was really going to see a lot of patients with diabetes, heart disease, and cardiovascular disease because that affects, I don't know, 50 to 75 percent of the U.S. population. But my scope is just so much broader than that. I mean, autoimmunity is probably one of the largest things I see. I see a lot of hormone dysregulations, a lot of adrenal insufficiencies. I see a lot of digestive dysfunction. There's just so many different things that we see that I didn't expect to see. Um, I, I think one of the biggest populations I see here that I definitely didn't anticipate on seeing would be anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. um, that is a medical mystery. And I think with functional medicine, there's four or five things that we've been able to identify that, that we really feel like drives the mental disorders. And I tell you what, it's a, it's a blessing to see those people uh, go through the changes and, and not go the prescription route if, if they don't choose to do that. It's, it's, a, it's a real cool thing to see. That's amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, would you say, we the topic today is preventive versus um, just early detection. Would you say that those autoimmune diseases, those gut disruptors, could that be early detection of the later on heart disease and stuff like that? Um, so I think I think that definitely plays a role. They're, they're coming up with new research all the time that says that the GI microbiome is connected to so many more diseases than we thought. Um, it's way more broad scope than, than just the GI tract. But when you talk about autoimmunity, I think the, the real bear is inflammation. And then why are they so inflamed? Do they have a chronic pathogen? A lot of times I'll sit in the GI tract, do they have a parasite or a food allergy? Or, you know, there could be a lot of things that inflames the body. And oftentimes with autoimmunity, it does start in the gut. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, when you are treating people with um, depression and anxiety, do you work hand-in-hand hand with a lot of their um, therapists, mm -hmm. and are they very receptive to what you do, the yeah. therapists? I yeah, mean. so that's that's honestly probably the biggest reason I moved to Manhattan was I felt like I, I had a, a much, um, I had a much easier time developing relationships with primary care providers, um, traditional medical specialists and, and therapists, where in Wichita, which is a little bit larger community, I just didn't have, it was more difficult for me to get in those networks. So yeah, I think I have a really good working relationship with especially therapists and some of the some of the more uh, open primary care and specialists here in, in Manhattan. It's really nice to work at, uh, in, in reference to the anxiety and depression patients, it's really nice to work with those patients with multiple providers. Um, it kind of works synergistically. So if we can give them some tools or a therapist can give them some tools to deal with some of those emotions and then biochemically we can go figure out where they might struggle. Maybe it's an infection, maybe it's a food, maybe it's a gut issue, maybe it's hormonal. Um, if, if we can support those two pathways, then, then the patient usually does pretty well. Oh, that's great. Um, but it costs a lot of money. It does cost a lot of money. <laughs> it's an investment. It is an investment. Um, and that's kind of where I struggle with kind of what we do is how do you ask people to afford something on top of their medical expenses on top of all of their other bills and everything else yeah. and um at this point i think it's just you have to invest in preventive health care yeah and um you know it's just go ahead so so investing in preventative health care was something that i i used to preach a lot and 
and I still think it's extremely important, but that's just not typically the patient population that I see. Functional medicine is expensive, um, I won't lie. It's expensive when you pay for lab testing out of pocket and you pay for nutritional supplements and you have to pay for more you know, healthful foods. It's expensive. And so the patients who usually seek care with me are, are patients who are sick. They have tried everything, they've seen everyone, and they're pretty much at their wit's end. Um, or it's the patient who really understands health and, and recognizes that this is gonna this is gonna save you money in the long run. Yeah, it's expensive up front, but you're gonna prevent or treat. I hate to say the word cure, but prevent or treat lots and lots of different chronic debilitating diseases. I mean, our healthcare platform right now is, in my opinion, set up to fail. Um, we spend lots and lots and lots of money on prescription medications treating chronic diseases like diabetes or heart disease that could be prevented much, much, much cheaper. Yeah. Um, that's just not the that's just not the model that, that we're set up to, to handle in the US right now though. Well and I think somewhere in the world some somebody else is having a podcast about how it's actually very successful in making other people money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great business for pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies. It's a yeah. great, great business. It's a, it's great if you don't have a heart. That's right. <laughs> um, but that's really um, very true. You either have people that know the benefit of the product right. or the people that they're at their wit's end and they're like, I feel like my body is rejecting me. Right. And it is most of the time. Right. Um, how do they afford something like that? Or yeah. what have you noticed? Um, you guys have a great payment plan at your office. Yeah. You can pay monthly, which is awesome. Yeah. But um, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we have different tools for, for patients. Health savings accounts are, are nice, or FSA cards are nice. They, those are, are acceptable through our clinic. That's awesome. Um, which is helpful. <clears throat> like she said, we do payment plans. so. Typically, if, if someone's making faithful payments, what I care about is they get well, and if they're paying you know, 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, whatever, as long as they're making faithful payments and we know that they are working to pay off bills, that's fantastic. Um, the other option is that we, we offer cash-based testing discounts, which probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but if, if you, for example, if I run a CBC, which is a complete blood count, I, I can give that test to the patient for like, seven to ten dollars if you run that through a traditional medical office it's like 70. Um, we just take the middleman out which is the insurance company so yes it's expensive but if you compare that to insurance prices it is pennies to the dollar yeah well and um like in my case where we are predominantly um, plant-based and we would love to check well vitamin d levels because everybody's yeah. deficient but also the b12 yeah. i mean i went to my primary doctor and they literally said they can't do it yeah they they need a reason to test it right even though i have know my body and i want one thing yeah. um they won't even do it no matter how much money it costs yeah so this is i would say functional medicine is really more precision-based or pro-choice healthcare. Um, we don't have to have the this. We don't have to abide by the same medical necessity principles that that insurance bottlenecks certain patients into. If we want to run a test because we think it's clinically significant for a patient, we're going to run the test. Um, I'm going to know how much that test is up front. We can communicate that with the patient, and then together, the patient and myself can make a decision: Is this worth the investment to run this test? Um, so that's typically how I approach any any testing scenario in our. Office. That's awesome. And I feel like it helps the patient 
feel like they're involved in what's going on. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and that's a great peace of mind, at least from our end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure you get the people in there like, no, I need this and I need this. And you're like, no, you don't, but yeah. you're the boss. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think that goes with any business, though. For sure. Um, so, do you spend more of your time doing chiropractic or more functional medicine, or is it just a component of the functional medicine? Yeah. So, I, I don't actually do any traditional chiropractic anymore, unless it's, a, unless it's an acute disc patient, because um, I do have some specialized training in a therapy called McKinsey, which is a physical therapy-based technique for, for disc, and that's just because no one in our clinic offers it. Um, so, that's really the only traditional chiropractic I do, and that's few and far between. So when I, when I had a practice in Wichita, I did both. I did traditional chiropractic, uh, you know, manual manipulation, muscle therapy, rehab. Um, and I tried to do functional medicine on top of that. And it was, it was a lot. Um, I, I I would say my personality is, uh, I, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it full bore. And it was difficult to do functional medicine and traditional chiropractic full bore. Um, so I decided to not be a average Joe and lots of things and try to specialize and be really good at one particular thing. And for me, I was I was more passionate about functional medicine, so that's the route that I went. That's awesome. Have you run into roadblocks with your family in the sense that you know what they should be doing, but they won't listen? Oh, or... yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Been a, that's been a huge growth period. Uh, huge growth Thanksgiving period. and Christmas and all that, yeah. or just little everyday things? Uh, I, I would say a lot of little everyday one of their favorite things to do is call and ask me questions and then either A, disregard the advice or, or just uh, choose not to do anything about it, which annoys me. But, um, you know, that's a compromise. And so it, when, when and if they ever get to the point where they are sick enough, just like most patients, and, and really struggle with a particular issue, then we'll still take care of them. That's when they'll be ready to make a change. Yeah, yeah, you can't change them if yeah. they're not ready. That's been a, since I moved to Manhattan, it's been probably my biggest area of growth is helping the people who really want to be helped and letting everything else go. I mean, I'm not going to fix everyone, but I'd like to be able to fix the people who, who, are, who are ready to make a change. Yeah, that's probably the hardest part I deal with. People actually hire me to help them with their habits, with their nutrition, with their movement, and then will not return my phone call, even though they've right. paid up front and we have a specific time to work on things. It's like radio silence. Right. It's like, they're just not ready. Not ready yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, I have the same struggle with my family. They'll call me and then they'll disregard it. And yeah. then we were at, my son hasn't really eaten any meat or any cheese and he's almost three. And um, we were sitting at our dinner table, my husband, my mother-in-law, and my son and I. And uh, <laughs> we have mac and cheese, which is just a vegan kind. Um, he's like, cheese? cheese and we're like mac and cheese and he's like no and grandma goes oh yeah we had cheese at my house the other day I'm like he's been alive for three years like how do you not how do you how do you still uh, yeah. but anyways as we saw he is right. a, a healthy boy we got yes, him tested make sure all of his numbers are good and it was wonderful just kind of more reassurance for mom that I'm yeah. feeding him and making healthy making him healthy, but... <laughs> he's impressively healthy. <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now. 
Um, so he spends more weekends at grandma's. That's right. But <laughs> um, so, what does wellness look like to you now in your daily life with you yeah. and your wife? Yeah. Um, so, I I practice lots of wellness things. Um, intermittent fasting is an important part of my protocol. How many um, hours on? And on? I am obsessive about sixteen hours. Yeah. Um, there's some biochemistry behind that, but I I like sixteen hours. Fasted, and then I like to exercise right before I eat. Um, so that's kind of my daily routine. Um, I follow a, I would call it a modified paleo style approach to eating. So I eat, um, you know, probably a couple of servings of, of lean protein per day, and then I like to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and sweet potatoes and rice and things like that. Beans. Beans, yeah, yeah. beans and beans. beans. So I actually make it a point to include black beans in my diet. They are really good at producing short-chain fatty acids and soluble and insoluble fiber, which is super good for the gut. So, um, I have to be um, a little bit cognizant of, of being too over the top with it because I'm a, I kind of have an obsessing personality, yeah. which is not so good for my wife. And so, <laughs> we have to uh, we have to make compromises and, and do things together, and that is uh, the journey. That's very difficult. And you've yeah. been married for a year, right? A year. A year. Close to a year. Um, I feel like that is a large learning curve just because when you're engaged and when you're boyfriend and girlfriend, there's things that you can do and you don't really have to ask for permission. Right. But when you're married, you kind of yeah. have to run everything by everybody. Right. And it's like, but I really want to do this. And well, there's compromise there. Right. And Compromise is not my strong suit. <sighs> I remember when she said like, I don't know, a few months into our marriage, she said, are we ever going to eat dinner together? And it never occurred to me that we were, I mean, we eat dinner together, but we weren't eating the same things. Um, <laughs> and I, it never occurred to me that that was an important thing, but that was important to her. So we make it a point to, to compromise yeah. on, on, that, on that matter. Oh man, that's, that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, my husband's was, are we going to eat anything besides chips and salsa? Yeah. Um, so I get it, yeah. just in a different way. Um, well, so we had a 16 hour thing. Um, 12 hours and then DNA um, reproduction starts to increase. Yeah. Um, what is the peak at 16? Just the. Yeah. So for me, um, 16 hours is a. So 12 hours I feel um, pretty good. And after, like you said, 12 after 12 hours, you start to do something called um, autophagy or autophagy, depending on how you look at yeah. it, where you start to chew up you know, certain you know, cells that shouldn't be there. And, and like she was saying, you have some DNA benefits. Um, but after 16 hours or, or 14, kind of that 14 to 16 hour window, you start to deplete your glycogen, um, which is stored in the skeletal muscle and in, in the liver. So what will happen is you'll go through gluconeogenesis, um, through breaking down fat cells, and you'll produce some ketone bodies, which are pretty neuroprotective. Um, so I like the idea of exposing myself to a little ketones. Um, and then sometimes I'll have like, you know, a little bit of fructose and some protein before a workout, which gets me through that. and then. Glycogen stores are more, you know, relatively close to non-existent, and then I'll go and start the, the fed state, and I'll eat some you know, carbohydrates and some protein, and some, a balanced meal after a workout. Do you feel like you can do a full workout after 16 hours? Like you feel like you have enough? Oh. Yeah, um, I I do. As long as I as long as I make sure that my glycogen is is refilled after my workout, then I then I do. So if I get if I get too strict with it. 
and start to produce too many ketone bodies, I definitely notice a decline in strength. Um, but I, I would imagine, or some people would argue, that you can get that strength back with, with fasted training. I just don't. Yeah. Um, how long have you been doing the fasting? Mm, a long time. I would say probably a couple of years. Growing up, I really struggled with blood sugar management. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I can remember being a small kid, like playing out in the yard with my friends, and all of a sudden I get lightheaded, dizzy, and, and shaky. And I'm like, what's going on? So I'm going, you know, mom will give me sugar um, because my blood sugar was low. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's actually the first step in diabetes is you have blood sugar dysregulation. So you'll have a spike and then a crash and then a spike and a crash. And that's, that's hard on your cells, it's hard on your body. Obviously, you don't feel well. Um, and so intermittent fasting was, was something that really changed the game for me in, in terms of blood sugar management. And that's going to affect hormones and adrenals and detoxification and everything. So it, it was helpful for me. Um, I would say it, it, it may not be for everyone, but it was definitely helpful for me. Good. Hey, whatever works for you. Wellness yep. on your terms, that's right? That's right. <laughs> um, and I think that's awesome that you've keyed in um, all the things that matter now before, you know, I mean, how long have you been working? Mm, I would say I've been like practicing functional medicine for yeah. like two years. Two years. Yeah. I mean, getting that now, I mean, trying to get that 10 years into your practice is right. probably not going to come very easily. Right. Um, and even into your marriage, I mean, then you have to walk everything by her. And, right. you know, you have those things, and I think that's, that's right. really great. Yeah. Good habits can last a little bit longer. Sure. Um, and then how does she, is she pretty healthy? Is she... She can be. She's she's working on it. I would say she grew up. Um, she's. She, I would say she's naturally gifted when it comes to just aesthetics and you know staying trim and healthy. Um, but here recently, as as I do things, she's kind of like, yeah, I think I'll do that too. And, I mean, she started the intermittent fast, and she does. She's doing a lot better with her with her blood sugar, and we're working through some of her bio, biochemical things now as she's trying to, uh, or we are trying to conceive. So, um, that's, that's, I, I tell you what, that, she has become extremely motivated here in the last, <laughs> like, three months now that she's got a goal in mind. Yeah. Um, whereas before, she didn't see the need to do it for herself, but now she's working for, for that, so that's good. That just explained every woman on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> we won't do anything for ourselves, but <clears throat> we'll do everything for uh, our right. kid or someone else. Right. It's very very wrong right. um but i think uh the older we get the more we realize wait i'm the only person that i'm gonna be with forever right so um well that's exciting i think that uh, with travis and i we both um we met in the bars and we drank a lot we ate a lot of crap yep. um and we knew we wanted to be healthier and so we were really lucky in the sense that we both came at it together um, it's been hard when he's on, I'm off, or I'm off, on, he's off. And, right. Um, you know, they give each other a little bit of room. But when our two-year-old started grabbing what we were eating, we were like, damn it. That's a game <laughs> Yeah, it's like, okay, That's there's funny. no more, uh, no more skirting around this. We've right. got to, we still have date nights where we sure. splurge, but. Yeah. Um, uh, so modified paleo, 16 hours off. Um, do you feel like your sleep is phenomenal with that? You know, um, yes and no. So I, with blood sugar problems, typically you, 
you start to develop an adrenal problem. That in you know, eight years of school. Yeah. Um, so with an adrenal problem, you tend to either have difficulty falling asleep, which I used to have, or you wake up frequently. Um, you don't really get the restful sleep that you need. And so I would say a combination of blood sugar management and working on my adrenals here in the last couple of years has been really helpful. And yeah, now I sleep like a rock. Good. Yeah. Um, what other wellness things do you do, like, in your habits? And yeah. So I think mentally it's really, really, really good for me to study um, at least something every day. So for a couple of reasons. One, I'm kind of obsessive, and, uh, and I feel like if I'm not moving forward, I'm moving backwards. And so uh, even if it's just, you know, five or ten minutes to read an article or watch a video or, you know, talk to someone to gain a little wisdom, that's really mentally healthy for me. Um, I have a couple non-negotiables. One is one is that. Two is uh, is exercise. So if I if I don't exercise, I actually get really grouchy, mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like I let myself down. And so I would say exercise is, is one of those non-negotiable habits that I've kind of created, and I'd like to stay with that. Um, do you only lift? What else do you do as far as exercise? Um, I do some I do some running. I am not a gifted runner. Short distances, I'm okay. Long distances, I'm awful. Yeah. Um, so I, I do run um, a couple of times a week, and by long distances, it's not, it's, it's, it's not uh, <laughs> long distance to milk, but I would say anywhere between two to three miles. Um, that's long for a lot of people. So that's <laughs> that, that's what I do. No yoga, no slow movement? So, I, so I've done some yoga. Um, hot yoga was really good for me. I'm naturally inflexible, so that was, that was really good for me. I've done a lot of CrossFit. Um, which I I enjoyed. I just I had a couple of I had a couple of nagging injuries. One, I fractured my my mid back, and so that is a little bit. Uh, some of the movements were a little bit difficult. Um, and then I've had a quad tendon injury for a long time that I've been fighting through. Working, I mean, we're doing some chiropractic work and some dry needling and some different things that have been really helpful. Um, but some of the excessive, like uh, I would say, wall balls. Lots and lots of repetitive squats with CrossFit was a little bit too taxing on my quads. I took a break from that and now I'm back to traditional weightlifting. Okay. Where do you lift at? Um, I lift at Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. Um, okay. Are there any other wellness things that you... Um, I mean, I do lab testing and take supplements. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big objective guy, so yeah, we can treat some people or myself off of symptoms, but... I, if I don't see a number, I'm typically not going to either A, remove something, or B, add a supplement to my regimen. So I've, I just recently did a, did a neurotransmitter test and a salivary hormone test and tested my adrenals and did some blood work um, just to make sure that I was on par and I, I do, do some supplements. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, we talked about um, a place in New York. There's New York, San Francisco, and LA. That does the seven point oh, yeah. system, yeah. Um, and there, what was there? The first one was, um, gosh, I'm gonna forget it now. Oh, testing. Yeah. And then the second one was nutrition mm -hmm. or supplements, and then nutrition. And I think um, that's just the way we need to start hitting everything, yeah. getting ourselves into a healthy state where we can then figure out what's going on from there. Right. Um, yeah. Let's let's remove the things that shouldn't be there add in a few healthful things, and it's amazing what the body can fix. Um, I believe that's where we should start with just about any condition. Yeah. And then if, if we 
still are having issues, then we can resort to drugs and surgery. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's amazing to watch. Um, since I'm in this realm, I see a lot of social media things. And I've just, in the last year, seen a lot of functional medicine places pop up and yeah. uh, really talk about supplements. And it's not about bulking yeah. or, you know, shiny hair or, right. you know, whatever it is that people right. are doing. And I see a lot more supplement um, things that are actually, like the vegan supplement has yeah. B12, D, and um, omega-3s, yeah. um, which is great because right. that's what we're deficient in. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think that more and more people are doing that. Um, but with that comes the people that are just putting a bunch of sugar in pills or whatever they put in yeah. that aren't helping at all. Yeah. Um, do you have a resource or somebody that you go to yourself yeah. um, as far as your supplements or do you just go to a regular provider yeah. nutraceutical place? So I go to, I go to a nutraceutical place. Um, are some over-the-counter supplements good? Yeah, probably. Um, but I'd like to I'd like to know where they come from um, so that I know that you're actually getting what's in the capsule mm-hmm. um, supplements aren't regulated by the FDA which is a blessing and a curse probably um, they're not gonna they're not gonna compound and, and pharmaceuticalize a natural substance that's just they can't do that um, but there are FDA like credentials um, that I look for that uh, my supplement companies will, will do cool. Um, what does the next couple of years look like for you? Growth, I hope. Um, I would say my my goal is to see probably anywhere between forty and, and sixty patients a week, and then I would love to I would love to either partner with other traditional healthcare people um, so that we can create kind of the model that we had talked about, where it's almost like the mecca of health. If you have a problem, you're going to come to this clinic and you're going to get a synergistic approach with lots of different specialists. Um, I would also like to um, hire an associate or something to train them to do you know, similar things that I'm doing so that we can spread the word twice as fast. Because um, people are sick, people need um, people need this type of healthcare. They just don't necessarily know where to get it or know that it exists. I feel like a lot of people, um, <clears throat> especially in the Midwest, they have ailments and they have either depression or anxiety or they don't feel great in their bodies and they're just like, oh, it's just this. Oh, I'll get through it. Oh, it'll be better in the summer. Oh, it'll be this. And they don't want to take, not responsibility, but they don't want to put forth the money, the effort, and make a big deal of it. And it's like, make a big deal of it. This is your health. And this is the best you're ever going to feel if you don't do anything about it. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think that that should that message should be out there sure um so from my standpoint helping people along that journey yeah incorporating these habits these things that they can change um what do you think would help um i guess what would help us work together to help them a standardized way of thinking um or just open communication yeah 
I think changing people's paradigms. Um, I think you know meetings like this, and you know, so, you know, with social media, I think we can spread the word quickly. Um, it's just people don't know. People don't know the the true potential that that they could feel. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people settle for you know middle of the road type of stuff. You know, I have oh, I have chronic joint pain. I have fatigue. I, a little depressed, I'm a little apathetic. Well, why? That's, um, you, you could feel you, you could feel better. You could feel amazing. Right. You could feel amazing. You just need to find someone to help you walk through the walk through the trenches and figure out what exactly is going on. Yeah, we do that with lab testing. <clears throat> um, makes a world of difference. It does. And um, over the last couple of years, um, coming out of the baby fog and coming out of brain fog and all the carbs and crappy sugar and everything. It's like your brain processes things. I don't think it processes it faster, but you understand it better. Yeah. And you can make direct correlations with things. And I went to this presentation a few weeks ago and you could just tell this woman was in the middle of a brain fog episode. And I just felt for her because I'm just like, you know that you're standing in front of like 30 people yeah. here and she was reaching for like these words yeah. and there you can tell it and then you just want to feed them to her yeah but you know it's just like after lunch uh -huh. she probably just ate a bunch of yeah. crap yeah. and then she had her soda on the desk next yeah. to her and it's just like you don't have to live like that right you can feel great and talk great yeah, <laughs> talk yeah. Well. um yeah so i think um you're changing lives and that's wonderful um, it was really exciting to see that Manhattan does have um, a little bit more progressive outlook, um, especially with Mickey Minocha and her Blue Fireman. Yeah, um, I mean, even a lot of the chiropractors in town um, are looking into more than just the crack your back and get you out the right. door. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Um, and that's what I grew up with. And I'm like, how is this a business? Yeah. Like, this isn't like. A restaurant where I'm right. full and I should come back. <laughs> like, right. I uh, so I it's I wish that I would have known before I went to school kind of what was out there yeah. as far as the way that the whole medical field was going to evolve. Um, but I feel like you are definitely on the front end, and it's going to be great. I hope so. Yeah. Seems like the the tides are turning towards a. Uh... Or preventative, preventative and functional things. Yeah, I think that people are understanding maybe we're not all dirty hippies and right. maybe there is something better than five pills before bed. It could be a valid point. <laughs> yeah. Dirty hippies aren't bad. That's we're fine. not so bad. That's <laughs> um, so, a little bit about preventive healthcare um, versus early diagnosing. That's the lab work, that's the yep. finding your supplementations, um, finding nutrition that works for you and benefits you every day, not just a couple days, five days a week, right. and then bench on the weekends. Right. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that would be preventive for people and not so much early detection? Um, Yoga. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think exercises should probably be a non-negotiable for most people. Even if it's just 10 minutes, do something. Um, there are so many benefits from, from exercise. Um, I would say everyone could also probably benefit from cutting out some of the processed sugars. 
not really not doing anybody a favor. Um, those would be two simple, two simple take homes, I guess, that, that you could at least start with. And I would just say, man, do some testing. There is, there is lots and lots and lots of great functional tests that you're not going to get in a traditional medical clinic. They can really be pretty motivating and, and telling. Get some good wellness people on your team. Yeah, I think that's a big one. Get people and talking about it and not just reading the test and going, oh, it'll be fine. Right. Um, but yeah. learning how to implement it and work with your life. It sure. doesn't have to be a life sentence. Right. Um, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I can never have this again. And it's yeah. like, was it really helping you? Right. <laughs> I mean, which one's, yeah, I always say, which one's more valuable to you, feeling well or piece of bread or whatever might be affecting them. Yeah, so, exactly. And, and, if, and if eating that piece of bread really brings you that much more joy, then you know that, that's fine. They're not quite ready yet. And that's okay, too. Um, that's kind of how we manage it. Their body will eventually talk to them loud enough. Right. <laughs> yeah. Most people, most people, when we make dietary changes, they're, I would say that's the hardest, the food sensitivity panel is probably the hardest test that I go over because people are so emotionally attached to food. And it almost always goes like this. Someone walks in and like, oh my gosh, I can't have, you know, whatever they're sensitive to, whether it be dairy or gluten or eggs or soy or, you know, whatever. Those are some of the main ones. Um, and we remove one of those. And it's almost like, man, I kicked my dog, you know. And then they come back in, you know, in two weeks and four weeks, and I just see the progression. And then, you know, by six weeks, you couldn't even, like, couldn't even tempt them with, with one of their food because they're just like, I just, like, why would I, why would I do that? I just feel so much better when I, when I don't do that. Yeah. Um, same thing with supplements. You know, some people are like, oh my gosh, I just, you know, I don't know if I can remember to take supplements. I don't want to take all that stuff. And then pretty soon they're like, you know what, I actually feel terrible if I, if I don't do that. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to make that a priority. So it's cool to watch people make these um, realizations, things that they thought that they could never do. And then now they become a non-negotiable. That's, that's pretty neat to watch. Yeah. I love taking a step back and listening to the things that we say to ourselves i could never remember to take a pill well right. if you had heart disease right and you were afraid of dying every day right. you'd take that pill <laughs> right <laughs> or you get brain fog yes <laughs> sometimes that impedes the memory <laughs> that's what google calendars for right <laughs> remind me to take this supplement right um well thank you very much this has been very enlightening yeah and i appreciate you having me Wonderful. Um, I will let you know when we talk and post this and post some information about Nichols Chiropractic. Yeah, excellent. Uh, chiropractic and Wellness, or what is it? Nichols Chiropractic and Functional Medicine. Functional Medicine. I got okay. my own word in there. All right. Um, well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot. Since our recording, Brett and his wife are expecting their first baby here in the next couple weeks. And I just want to say thank you so much, Brett. This was a great conversation. I look forward to having many more.